0: One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Amen. Thank you, Steph. What an awesome story. Amen. Let's pray as we prepare to hear from the Lord's Word today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, we thank you, Lord, that your word is alive. And God, we pray, even in this moment, God, with all of the uh, things that are unfolding in our world, and our lives, God, and even all of the busyness of this season. Father, we ask, God, that you would speak to us now through your word. Father, we pray that we would have ears to hear, hearts to receive. Lord, we ask that you would anoint us today, be with us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas again, everybody. So good uh, to see you guys. And I know some of you have been slipping in throughout the service. And uh, welcome, everybody. So good to be together. Again, welcome to those of you who are watching online. And uh, what an honor it is to be together at Christmas time. And I don't know about you. Uh, But I love the Christmas story. I asked Steph to read that story, uh, not because I'm actually preaching out of that text, but I just uh, felt that there is something in the Christmas story that uh, stirs our heart with the Christmas spirit. And I know that in the busyness of life and all of the challenges of life, sometimes the Christmas spirit just gets uh, squeezed right out of us. Anybody know what I mean? And, uh, and I believe that the, the greatest way to get the Christmas spirit is, is through the Christmas story, because the Christmas spirit is uh, really the Holy Spirit. And so I hope today our hearts will be filled with uh, the Christmas spirit. But I actually want to look at a different passage of Scripture today uh, that I want to teach out of, speak out of for a few moments. And I know we didn't mention, but kids, if you would like to, we've got a kids program Uh, If you don't want to, actually, there you go, Jen is leading the kids outside. So, parents, uh, you can send your kids right out there on the patio. We've got a special uh, kids program prepared for them. If you are watching online, you're on your own on that, okay? But uh, anyway, you can send the kids out. And uh, those of you who are staying in, if you have your Bible, grab it and turn with me to the book of John, chapter 1, John chapter 1. And uh, we're going to look at a different account of the Christmas story today out of John chapter 1. And I want to read John 1, 1 to 5, and then skip down to verse 14. And uh, if you have a Bible, you can look on. If not, we'll put it on the screens for you. But John, in his gospel, records this. John chapter 1, verse 1. He says, In the beginning was the Word. Notice it's a capital W. It's a person. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So John is giving us uh, insight into who he's talking about. He's saying the Word is a person, and he says the the Word was with God in the beginning, and the Word was God. Uh, If you're a little slow to catch up this morning, uh, he's talking about Jesus. And he goes on to say this, uh, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then skipping down to verse 14, he says this, And the word became flesh. Dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I want to focus our attention today in that verse 14, and specifically around that phrase that says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you're taking notes today, I'm calling this message, Can You Hear Me Now? Can You Hear Me Now? And here we find. Uh, A unique account of the Christmas story. If you're familiar with the the various Gospels, you may know that uh, Matthew and Luke both record the Gospel story. And they record it, um, you know, as we are familiar with it. Most of us are familiar with the the narrative account, as Steph just read. The narrative account of Christmas, that, that the angel appeared to Mary, the angel spoke to Joseph... Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. We're kind of familiar with that account, and that kind of makes sense to us all. But here John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives a very different account of Christmas. In fact, this is John's account, verse 14. Again, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is a very unique way to tell the Christmas story, isn't it? I mean, where is the angels? Where, where where, did it happen? Who were all of the characters? John doesn't tell us any of that. He just tells the Christmas story this way. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Luke and Matthew tell the narrative. But John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives a much more poetic account of the Christmas story. And I don't believe this is just... Um, You know, for those of us who are kind of touchy-feely, we like more of a poetic story. I I believe that God actually is giving to all of us a greater understanding of what Christmas is all about. And it really is in the understanding of the word, word. Everybody say word. Word. Say it with a little more attitude, word. Word. It's the word. Uh, John is calling Jesus the word. Which begs the question, what is the word? And and the fact is, for all of us, we are surrounded by words, inundated by words. Words coming out of us all of the time. So much so that we often never stop to think about what is a word. What is a word? And and a word, I believe, is this. This may sound kind of philosophical, but if you actually think about it, A word is the creative expression of self. A word is the creative expression of self. When I use my words, it's not just giving information. I'm actually revealing myself to you. Uh, Words are formulated in my brain and, and are actually motivated by my heart. As Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so words are revealing who I am. If you want to know who a person is, just listen to their words. It's revealing. And that's why we hold people accountable for their words. I don't know if you realize this or not, but you can get in a lot of trouble just through your words. Is everybody aware of that? If, you, uh, if you're not aware of that, uh, make that your 2020 lesson. Words can get you in trouble, okay? Okay. That's the reality. We hold people accountable. You can get thrown in jail not for doing something, but just saying something. Because ultimately, words are not disconnected from who I am. It is the creative expression of myself. Words are revealing. Not only that, but words, words are relating. Words are relating. If, for those of you who are married, if you think about this, what is it that formed your marriage? It was words, Uh, three, no, four words. I said to my wife one day on the beach in Daytona, very romantic place, I know. I got on my knee and I said these four words, will you marry me? And then a few months later, we stood at an altar and we repeated two words back to each other, I do. And it was through those words that we are forming and we have formed relationship to each other. And I believe it's important for us to understand that words are revealing and words are relating. Because John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, describes Jesus as the Word. Why does he do that? Because he is telling us that God, through Jesus, has revealed himself to mankind. And through Jesus, he is restoring the broken relationship. To mankind. I don't know if you realize this, but God speaks to people. God speaks to people. If God doesn't speak to people, there is no Christmas because Jesus is the Word. And when you read the Bible, you can't help but understand that God wants to speak to people. In fact, let me say it this way. God's people have a history of hearing from God. God's people have a history of hearing from God. In fact, what makes God's people His people is that He is with them. And how do we know He is with us? Because He's speaking to us. You read the whole Old Testament and and, and you could perhaps sum it up this way. God speaks to His people. In fact, it's only the third verse of the Old Testament when Genesis begins to reveal God speaking. The Bible says that God said, let there be light. Again and again throughout the Old Testament, we see God revealing himself through his words. How does God work in the world? God works primarily through his word. Now, if we don't respond to his word, he will use his power, but it's better to respond to his word than to force him to use his power. But he works through his word. We see that to Abraham, Abram at the time in Genesis 12. God appears to him and he says, I will bless you. Even before that, Adam and Eve, their first experience, the Bible says that God made them in his image and he blessed them and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. God is speaking to people. Again and again throughout the Old Testament, Moses, God speaks to him through. The burning bush. Noah, God speaks to him. The whole account of the people of Israel is a people that have been marked by the word of God. In fact, the way that they differentiate themselves from every other group on the earth is they say this. You have gods, but they don't speak. Our God speaks. You have a God, but he doesn't have a mouth. Our God has a mouth. And he is revealing himself and he is relating to mankind. The history of the Old Testament is the history of God speaking. But as you read the Old Testament, you begin to find that people who have at one point in time been identified through the word of God, that God speaks to them and they do what God says. Over time, they, they become so familiar with the word of God that they are no longer listening to, what God has to say. How many of you know there's a difference between hearing and listening? Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Wives, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're, you can, you, the, the, it can go in your ear, but you're not listening. And over time, God's people became so familiar with the Word of God that they were no longer listening. And the story of the Old Testament prior to the coming of Jesus was That as the word of God was no longer received, they became dull to the voice of God. The author of Hebrews says that their hearing became dull. They began to lose their hearing. There was 400 years where there was no word from God. Where those people who had at one point in time identified themselves by saying, we are the people that hear from God everything we have the promises of God uh, how, how do we fight against other, uh, other nations that come against us we listen to God and we do what He tells us to do those people who had been marked by the word of God suddenly are in silence. and, and the Bible tells us that between the Old Testament and the New Testament there's 400 years of silence in other words there was generations of Multiple generations that at one point in time, God's people knew the voice of God. As the scripture says, this is the way, walk ye in it. But now that voice that had at one point been so near, now is only an echo of memory. And generations had gone and they no longer heard the voice of God. The voice that spoke blessing, the voice that spoke identity, the voice that spoke promise, the voice that spoke guidance has gone silent. And it's against that backdrop that John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in 400 years of silence, John says this, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, for John's readers, this was not just a nice poetic description. This was, wow, wow. The Word has come back to us. The Word that that we depended on, the Word that our ancestors were formed by, has now come back to us. The message of Christmas is not just that Jesus came 2,000 years ago, it's that God is speaking to mankind. Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the, the, the revelation of who God is. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. He is the, the image of the invisible God. He's revealing God to mankind. And not only is He revealing, but He is relating. It's through Jesus that we have relationship to the Father. He's revealing. He is relating. Everything we have comes through the Word of God. And the message of Christmas is that God is saying through Jesus Christ to a world that was stuck in darkness, to a world that felt cut off, to a world that felt like we don't even know which way to go. The lights have gone out. Jesus is saying, can you hear me now? And I want to tell you, one church, Park District, here in person and online, God is saying to us in 2020, you don't have to be in darkness You don't have to feel cut off. Maybe you feel in 2020 like the shadow of COVID or the shadow of depression or the shadow of pain and despair has fallen over your life. As my dad said last week that that, that the people were in darkness. Maybe you feel that way in 2020. I, I want you to know that God has come to us through the word. Jesus is the word and he's speaking to every one of us, the question is this, can we hear him now? Can we hear him now? Or in Zoom world now, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. You have an unstable connection. Who's experienced that? We all have. That's the that's the new, can you hear me now? But God was through Jesus reestablishing the connection. And I, I want you to hear this. This is not just some Prophetic idea. This is practical to our lives that God is with us. He is speaking to us. God, as we as we lead into Christmas and lead into 2021. How do you live in such an uncertain time when so many of us would make New Year's resolutions? How do you make goals? How do you make plans? Well, this is this is what the Bible says. Listen to him and do what he says. So maybe in 2021, we need less resolutions and more revelation. More listening to what God is saying rather than just me coming up with my plan. I'm saying, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so I I believe God wants us to, to hear him. God wants to restore our hearing so that we would learn how to follow him. I don't know if you've ever seen the the videos on YouTube of people hearing for the first time. Has anybody ever seen that? If you've seen it, you know it's one of those I'm not crying, you're crying moments. Because if you're watching that, we're all crying. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. That people, some of them who were deaf from birth, some of them lost their hearing throughout life as children, but have a cochlear implant to their brain. And, and if you watch these videos, go home and search it. People hearing for the first time and you watch them as they have been, even as they try to relate, they feel cut off. They always feel like there is a, a barrier in relationship and they can't quite communicate. And, and, and as they hear for the first time, they, they, they begin to cry. Why? Because For the first time ever, they have the opportunity to reveal themselves, to understand other people, to be in relationship with other people. You see children that hear their parents' voices for the first time. You see wives that hear their husbands say, I love you. For the first time. That's the picture that John wants us to have. That's what God is doing through Jesus. He's saying can you hear me now? I love you. Can you hear me now? Uh, I'm for you. Can you hear me now? Even when you put your fingers in your ears. And try to ignore my loving voice. I have come to you. And I am knocking at the door. Can you hear me now? God wants us to hear. To be people of God. Means we hear from God both in the person of Jesus and the written scripture and the prophetic revelation of the holy spirit. And so we want to be people that recognize that the meaning of Christmas is God has sent his word, he's speaking to us. So I want to give you quickly three things out of this short verse in John chapter 1:14 that I believe we need to understand if we're going to receive the word. That that if we want to hear the voice of God, some things that I believe we need need to understand, the first thing I want you to see is is that the word is accessible. The word is accessible. Look at what the scripture says, verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love that language. He dwelt. The, The actual translation is the image of setting up a tent. And if you have ever been camping, some of you went camping with us earlier this year, you understand there's no close quite like camping close. You know what I'm saying? Like even when you zip up your little door, everybody still hears what's happening in there. They hear you snoring. They, they hear you and your wife getting into an argument. Not that that happened on our camping trip. I'm just saying, okay? But being in a tent is being accessible, and that's what God is saying, that through Jesus, he's come and set up his tent among us. I love the way Eugene Peterson says it in the message. It says, he has come and moved into the neighborhood. He's moved into the neighborhood. Now, now you may be able to put on a nice face and act real churchy when you come to church, but your neighbors will tell us the real story. Your neighbors will tell us the, 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 how you really act. They'll tell us what's really happening at home. And that's what God is saying, that Jesus has just become so accessible. He's around us. He's available to us. I love what Max Lucado, the author, says about Jesus. He describes Jesus this way, that Jesus would say, just call me Jesus. You can almost hear him say, He was the kind of fellow you'd invite to watch the Rams-Giants game at your house. He'd wrestle on the floor with your kids, doze on the couch, and cook steaks on your grill. He'd laugh at your jokes, tell a few of his own. And when you spoke, he'd listen to you as if he had all the time of eternity, because he does. I love that language that expresses the nearness of God. You see, sometimes when we think about the Word of God, we think, well, I don't hear from God. I'm not a man of God. I don't. You know, I, I can't go away into, you know, some cabin in the woods to hear from God. Well, there's nothing wrong with going to a cabin in the woods. But let me tell you this, you don't have to go to a cabin in the woods to hear from God. God is with us wherever we are. That's why Jesus taught us to pray this way, our Father in heaven. We hear that, we think heaven, he's out there in the sky somewhere. But the actual translation is our Father in the air. In other words, yes, the air fills the sky, but the air is as close as your skin. It fills your lungs. That's how close God wants to be to us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God wants to speak to you through the ordinary circumstances of life. When you're wrapping presents this week, God wants to speak to you. When you're preparing food and baking cookies, God wants to speak to you, whatever you're doing. That's my intention this week bake cookies. Whatever you're doing, God wants to speak to you. Maybe you feel far from God. I want to tell you, Jesus has demonstrated that regardless of how far you have run from God, he is with you, he's among us. So the first thing is that the word is accessible. The second thing I want you to see out of this scripture is that the word is good. The word is good. Listen to what the scripture says. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Now, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about glory, but it's kind of an ethereal idea. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. What is the glory? What does it look like to see the glory of God? And, you know, Moses in the Old Testament prayed, Lord, show me your glory, show me your glory. And God said, you can't see my glory. Nobody's seen my glory and lived. But he said, I will make my goodness pass before you. In other words, God reveals his glory through his goodness. And John says, we've beheld the glory of God. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word glory, I'm like, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. If somebody said, behind this door, we have the glory of God. You may be like, "Uh, somebody else first. I'll be at the back of the line. Let's see how that goes for, for Joel before I head in there. And, and you know, the fact is, the Bible says this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so for all of us, to behold the glory of God, apart from Jesus Christ, is a, a, a dangerous thing. But God has, through Jesus, revealed the glory of God through His goodness. What does the glory of God Look like it is manifested through the goodness of God. Jesus is the transformer for the glory of God to be manifested in the world. I don't know if you've ever used a transformer before. Maybe you've traveled to a, a country where they have a different power um, you know, circuit than we do. And, and you've had to use a transformer. You have to use an adapter to bring their 220 down to your 110 hair dryer. Who knows what I'm talking about? Those of you with hair know what I'm talking about. But what is that doing? It's bringing that power down to a, a place that is usable for you. And that's what Jesus did. He brought the power of God that if you just received it unfiltered, we would be a spot on the floor. That's the glory of God. But through Jesus, his glory has been brought down to our level through the goodness manifested as the goodness of God. John says, we beheld the glory. What does the glory look like? The glory looks like the couple that had their wedding and they ran out of wine. And and, and Mary comes and gets Jesus and she says, Jesus, they've run out of wine. He says, what does that have to do with me? My time hasn't come. He's talking about the time for his glory to be revealed. But then she says this to the servants, whatever he says, do it. In other words, Follow his word and you will experience his glory. What did his glory look like? It was the people that didn't have any wine having wine. It's the glory of God being manifest. Think about Peter as a fisherman. He had been fishing all night, the Bible tells us. And he hadn't caught anything. If you were a fisherman and you've been fishing all night and you've not caught anything, that's called a recession. He he was facing economic hardship because that's how he made his living. And Jesus comes to him and he says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And he says, I fished all night. Nevertheless, I love that word from last week's message. Nevertheless, at your word, he says. And he was responding to the word of God. And the glory of God was revealed. What did it look like? It looked like the goodness of God showing up in a... Full net of fish. If you're a fisherman, the glory of God looks like a good good catch of fish. The, The glory of God is revealed in the goodness of God. We've beheld His glory. Maybe you feel like, I don't deserve the goodness of God. I don't deserve the glory of God. And you're right, none of us do. But God has, through Jesus, brought the glory of God to our level. And it manifests in the goodness of God in our life. It manifests in in blessing in our family, provision in our family, guidance when we need a decision and we say, God, speak to me. What is that? It's the glory of God manifesting in the goodness of God. So the word is accessible. The word is good. And the last thing I want you to see is that the word is true. Look at what he says in the verse. He says, the glory of God as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I love that thought of grace. It's full of grace. Grace and truth are paired together. Grace is the ability to do the good things that we don't have the power to do. And he's given us his grace, but he's also given us his truth. He's given us his truth. And I'm so thankful that Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. I love one translation that says it this way. In him was grace and reality. Jesus is reality. And I'm thankful for that because we live in a day and age that some have described as a post-truth culture. Culture, uh, Truth is now a thing of the past. You live your truth. I live my truth. There is no absolute of what is truth. And so we find ourselves in this place that we are, as as the, the, the sermon said last week, stumbling in the darkness. That's the condition of our world. But the scripture says this, that through him there is an understanding of reality. What is reality? If you want to find reality, don't look to your favorite news channel. If you want to find reality, don't look to the circumstances of the world. Ultimately, the greatest reality is this, that God has come to earth through Jesus. He is reality. And if you want your life to be built on something that is unchangeable, we need to build our lives on the truth of God's word that he has revealed himself through Jesus. Jesus said it this way, that those who hear my words and put them into practice are like those who built their house on the rock. And the winds came, the waves came, and that house stood firm, for it was founded on the rock. In a world that is shaking, I'm glad to tell you that Jesus is the truth. He is reality. And maybe today you feel like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Maybe you feel like you are swirling in the pool of confusion of our culture. Maybe you feel like the darkness of our moment has fallen over your life. I'm glad to tell you that there is a light that reveals the truth of Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in John chapter 1, verse 4, "...in Him was life, and the life was the light of men." I believe as we prepare to close today, I believe God wants to speak to us. Here's the message of Christmas. It's not just that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. It's that he is speaking to us today through the Holy Spirit. He has spoken to us. If God's not speaking, there is no Christmas. If God's not speaking, Christmas is about a man in a red suit with a white beard. Sitting behind plexiglass this year. But there's a lot more to Christmas. And it is this. That God has come to us. And the message of Christmas is that you don't have to live in darkness. You don't have to live cut off. You don't have to feel that you are overwhelmed by confusion and fear of the future. That God is with you and he is speaking to you. And the question is not, is he speaking? The question is, can you hear him? Now, I'm going to ask you, if you would, just to bow your heads and Kendall, you and the team can come back up. We're going to dismiss in just a few moments. But I want to make room for the Holy Spirit today. I want to make room for Jesus today. I want to make room even for what the Bible calls the gift of prophecy. And that is the voice of God speaking to us. And maybe today you find yourself, you're trying to celebrate Christmas, but man, you just feel dark. You feel heavy. You feel cut off. I believe God wants to speak to you today. I want to ask everybody, if you would, just to stand to your feet. I know we've got kids running and playing, and that's totally fine. Jesus was born into a stable. He's not disrupted by things. But I want to invite you, if you feel comfortable, just to put your hands out. A sign of openness today. What are we receiving at Christmas? We're not just receiving a baby two born two thousand years ago, we are receiving the word that has come through Jesus, the word of God, the word that says I love you, the word that says you're valuable. The word that says, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. The word that says, I'm in control. And I want to invite us today just to open our hearts to that word. Father, we ask right now that you would come and manifest your word to us. Lord, I pray across this room and to those that are watching online, Father, we pray, Lord, let that still, small voice come to us. Lord, those that perhaps feel that they are in a dark place, Lord, those that perhaps feel they're not worthy, and Lord, the fact is none of us are. But God, thank you that through Jesus you've come to our level. Maybe you're here today and you've never heard that word you've never heard the voice of God he's speaking to you today through Jesus and John says this to as many as receive him to them he gives the right to be sons of God children of God God wants to draw near to you he wants to be involved in your life as we look ahead to 2021 you don't have to enter into the year all by yourself You finish out this year. You don't have to finish it by yourself. Maybe you've never received Jesus. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to receive him today. Just to, to respond, as John says, to say, I believe. I believe in Jesus. I receive him. So, Father, we pray right now. Lord, for every person that is opening their heart to you. God, we pray that you would come in, that you would speak to them. If that's you today, I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're at, I want to invite you just to pray this prayer after me. If you perhaps have never received Jesus, or maybe you have and you've walked away and you feel like you're in that place of darkness today, I want to invite you to just pray this prayer in your heart, if you would. Echo it in your heart. Jesus. I need you. I don't want to live in darkness. I don't want to live cut off from you. And today I choose to receive you by faith. Come into my life. Speak to me. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know, again, we are, we're We're going to hang out. We're going to have some food. But I really believe that God wants to speak to us today. And I just want to take, if we can, just a couple more minutes just to make room for the Holy Spirit. I don't want to rush on. I don't want to be like those in the end that say, we don't have any room for you. We want to receive the word today. Maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you love him but you just feel like you've been in a place where you felt distant. Maybe the circumstances in the world have caused you to feel distant. Maybe circumstances in in your own life have caused you to feel distant, but you just feel today, I need a word. I need a word. I need to hear from you, God. I need to know that you're there. I need to know you love me, that you've not left me. I believe that God wants to speak to us today. If that's you, you just feel like, you feel like you're in a dark place. You're not cut off from God, but you just need to know again, God's with you. He loves you. He's for you. You just want to say, Jesus, I want to hear. I want to hear from you. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? You just want. You just are saying, I need a word from God. I need a word from God. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't mean you're. You're not walking with the Lord, but you just feel, even perhaps it's, as you look towards 2021, you just feel like, I don't even know which way to go. I don't even know how to move forward. You just are saying, God, would you speak to me today? Just lift your hand up if that's you. Thank you, Lord. I'm lifting my hand up. I believe we, as a church, we just want to lift our hands up to say, Lord, we need to hear from you. Father we need to hear your voice and God we say today Lord that we are open to you speak your word speak your word and we will obey Father we thank you for it I pray God as we move through the days ahead to Christmas and the weeks ahead week ahead to New Year Father let there be a A fresh voice. God, I pray for those that are making decisions. Lord, perhaps it's in business, perhaps it's in their work, and they just feel that they're in darkness. God, I pray, let there be a word that would come to them. Father, for those that perhaps feel their home is out of order and chaos, God, I just pray you would speak a word of comfort, speak a word of your presence to them. God, those that perhaps feel distant from you, maybe in turmoil over the circumstances of our world. God, I pray, Lord, you would speak to every one of us that you are not far off, but you have come near through Jesus. And Lord, we just want to say, we want to hear you now. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.